what is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How the heck are you? Happy Thursday. Today is, what's today? It's the 7th, July 7th. I should know that. I'm getting some fillings this afternoon. That's why I'm doing this podcast early on a Thursday. Getting some uh, <laughs> getting some dental work done. Fillings. It's uh, it's going to be a doozy. So anyway, getting today's show in. It is, it is uh, story time Thursday. Every Thursday, gather around the campfire. Some sports betting stories from Uncle Tyler. And uh, today we're just going to talk about the Baker Mayfield situation and why I think a lot of people are just not only getting this wrong, but this is indicative of the average fan, okay? And I don't mean to patronize. I don't mean to be uh, negative. I don't mean to piss anybody off. But the, the, the reality from what I've seen in my career in five and a half years betting sports professionally is that fans are morons, <laughs> you know? And this here's what I mean by that. Fans are, are awesome because they make sports what they are, you know that's where the passion is. Uh, a lot, a lot of my friends are, are fans. When I say fan, I mean real fanatic about your team, right? And the more you're a great sports better, and the more successful you are at sports betting, I think it's pretty much inevitable you're going to become less and less of a fan of your own teams, of, of teams you like, just because you have to shed that bias if you're actually going to win money betting sports. And as I've said time and time again, winning money has no agenda, has no rooting interest, and so I can't either, right? If I am biased because my favorite team is an underdog, you know, I've got to be able to grade them properly and and evaluate them uh, accurately. Well, it's the same thing with anything with projections. When, When you're projecting players or outcomes or anything, you have to shed the bias and shed all the nonsense and shed the narratives, right? That's what I talked about yesterday. Don't listen to the narratives. Don't just listen to what these ex-players are saying because they may have played and are now setting the narrative on ESPN. Narrative and reality are very, very different. And so what I'm seeing is the world pretty much, 95%, I'd say, from what I've seen on Twitter, Instagram, uh, 95% of the sports betting world, maybe let's go 9 out of 10, 90%, are negative on the Baker Mayfield move to Carolina. And I want to be clear on something. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's going to be an MVP candidate this year. And I'm not even saying Baker Mayfield's a top 15 quarterback in the NFL, which would put him at average or above average, right? So I think Baker Mayfield is a below average NFL quarterback. But what I also know is that the average fan out there greatly overestimates how good the very best are and greatly underestimates how good average players are. Okay, the, the average fan out there thinks that the best players, right, that the top players, like even the Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, whatever, they, they think that they're way, way better than they actually are. Okay, and I know that these are great all-time players. My point is the average fan thinks they're godlike and average players, average quarterbacks ranked in good, respectable ratings, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, even you know, down to 20, 25, are terrible. They're bad quarterbacks. You know, you ask most fan bases, would you like Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? No, no, Kirk Cousins. I don't like Kirk Cousins. Well, Kirk Cousins is better at his job than pretty much everyone listening to this podcast right now is at their job. Okay. And, and I'll throw myself in there. Kirk Cousins, the last three years, st- statistically, has been a top 10 quarterback. Have you been top 10 in the world at what you do the last three years? Okay, I, I, I likely haven't been. 
You think I've been a top 10 handicapper in the world for the last 36 months? I've only been doing this for five years. I think I'm very, very good. I think I've learned a lot, but to think I'm top 10 already, that'd be crazy, right? It's the same thing here. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, but he doesn't get the respect because he's not Aaron Rodgers. You know, uh, Baker Mayfield is a decent quarterback, but he doesn't get the respect because he's not Aaron Rodgers. I would just say the same thing. I live in Denver, Colorado. Obviously, Denver just got Russell Wilson as their quarterback. But you know what was hysterical to me? Before the Broncos got Russell Wilson, and you would ask Broncos fans who they wanted, <laughs> it was pretty much Aaron Rodgers or bust. I even, a part of this podcast network, go listen to Red Rock Sports, it's a, under the Woos Media Podcast Network. This is a Woos Media Podcast, W-O-O-Z-E Media. You can just type that in wherever you're listening. Uh, Red Rock Sports, if you want to go back and listen. It was a couple shows before the, the Broncos actually signed Russell Wilson. And it's when everyone in Denver... Uh, by the way, the show's about Colorado sports. It's when everyone in Denver was having the debate of who do you trade for? What do you do with the quarterback position? Do you get rid of Drew Locke? You know, do you keep Teddy Bridgewater? What do you do? And it was so funny how all of the all of Broncos country, right? All of these Broncos fans around where I live, it was like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, he might become a free agent. Let's get Aaron Rodgers. It was like Aaron Rodgers or bust. And the producer of Red Rock Sports, who I think is a really, you know, he's a good sports fan. He's he's been in Denver his whole life. He understands, you know, sports very well. Uh, Russell Wilson came up. This is before the Broncos had gotten him, okay? Russell Wilson came up on, an, on a conversation. And he said, Russell Wilson, no, he said he's washed. He said he's washed up. Russell Wilson's washed. I don't want him. He's been hurt. He's not good anymore, right? And this is what I hear over and over and over. Now, I'm not just calling out that podcast or that individual. This is how a lot of fans are, okay? And what I, hear, what, what I see when I see people talking and acting like this is smart people acting very, very dumb for certain reasons. And I'm not actually, you know, maybe there needs to be a study done about why the reason is. I mean, maybe it's the, the whole idea of when you look at your team, you sort of look at your team as your team, right? And it's hard to criticize your team. You always want the best of the best for your team. It's hard to objectively look at a team who you look at as being yours, right? It's kind of like having children. Uh, if your son or daughter is not very good at some sport, you know, the other parents are probably going to see that a lot quicker than you are. You may find excuses or find reasons, whatever, okay? I think it may be the same thing for fans. I'm not sure exactly, okay? As I said, more work needs to be done on that front. Maybe like a study needs to be done. But uh, sports, it's, there's a great quote by Colin Cowherd, who I know not a lot of you like Colin Cowherd, but he has a great quote in one of his books. Uh, there's two things in the world that make smart men stupid beautiful women and sports. And I couldn't agree with that anymore. You know, I, I hear everyone talking about this Baker Mayfield situation and it's simply not true what, what the narrative is out there. Now, again, how good do I think Baker Mayfield is? I think he's probably, if you have an intrinsic rating, you want to put everyone on the same level anywhere from, I'd say 20 to 25. Okay. So if you have 32 starting quarterbacks, that's not a great rating, obviously. But does that mean he's a bad quarterback? Does that mean he's worse than Sam Darnold? Does that mean he deserves all this negative hate he's getting on social media? Of course not. No, not in a million years. But Baker Mayfield, people have their assumptions. People don't get off their assumptions once they have them. And the assumption is Baker Mayfield sucks. Now, to actually get to Storytime Thursday, I'm going to tell a story about last year when I decided to learn a little bit more and dive into daily fantasy sports, okay? DFS is a style of contest you can play. And um, 
the idea is there's a lot of people who enter one contest, you build lineups, and it's sort of like fantasy football. You get points for how well your players do. The winner of that contest usually wins a lot of money. Uh, if you want to play daily fantasy-style contests, but you build lineups with player props, check out thrivefantasy.com. Uh, it's so much fun, and it's just like we're talking about here, except player props instead of fantasy player points. It's awesome. It's so much fun. They're changing the way player props are being bet. Thrive Fantasy. Put in promo code SBD for a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Thrive Fantasy, promo code SBD. But if we're talking about the other kind of daily fantasy sports on DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, the, the kind of classic kind, I last year had been, well, for the last couple of years, I'd been studying DFS, you know, wanting to see if it was worth my time, if I could actually win money. I read a couple of books, I built a couple of systems. I just wanted to see if I could do it. But the issue is you need a huge bankroll if you're going to try daily fantasy sports out, because what you have to do effectively to have an, a, a maximum chance of winning is you have to have the maximum number of entries in any given contest. And a lot of these contests during the weekends, these these big, you know, million dollar giveaways on on DraftKings or FanDuel, they'll have uh uh you know 150 max entries. So if you have a contest that's, I don't know, even like a cheap one for like, you know, four dollars, a lot of them like four bucks, but you can enter 150 times, that's still six hundred dollars per contest. And you need to enter a lot of contests. So what I did to try and fund these entries is I talked to some of my friends and said, hey, let's split the entries. Let's get involved. Let's max out our chances. And I explained to them the math of maxing out your, your entries, which by the way, think about it. If you can enter up to 150 brackets, you should enter that many brackets because you're maximizing your chances to win. If I have 150 brackets in a contest and you have 10, Who's got a better chance? Obviously me because I have more outs, right? So that's why you want to always do that. So I explained this to my friends. They agreed to come on board and we split. There were like five of us and we split it five ways, This these daily fantasy style contests. Well, I quickly regretted this because this is precisely why I work by myself as a sports better is it's very tough to find good help, tough to find really smart sports betting, uh, sports betters with no bias, you know, trying to be very mathematically devoted and focused and things like that. And what I noticed was our conversations for this whole daily fantasy style or this whole daily fantasy uh, entry, you know, we'd get on Zoom meetings or phone meetings or whatever. I noticed that in my opinion, the conversations quickly devolved to uh, what you might hear like a bar, right? And Baker Mayfield reminded me of last year, a week that kind of stuck in my craw. And it was the final week I worked with these guys because it really pissed me off and I lost the opportunity to win a lot of money. So that week, my one of my favorite quarterbacks on the board was Baker Mayfield. And it had to do with matchup issues and certain things. And the main reason was because in fantasy sports, and this is a nice little nugget, something I found in a personal study. If you're going to play these daily fantasy contests, Ownership prediction or how much any player will be owned is actually about 30% more important than the player projections. Okay, so it's way more important to predict how many people will own a player than it is how that individual player will do. So that's just a fun little fact or a fun little thing that I found in a personal study about DFS, okay? It's way more important for ownership projections than how the actual players will do. Well, what did everyone in the group say when I brought that up? No, no, Baker sucks. Baker's no good. Well, guess who ended up being the number one quarterback that week and being the quarterback on the winning rosters in the top uh, three or four slots? It was Baker Mayfield, okay? And... 
the, my point here isn't, again, that Baker Mayfield's a great quarterback. I don't even think Baker Mayfield's an average quarterback. I think what we do, or what a lot of people out there do as sports fans, is they have a black and white idea of how good players are. He's good. He's bad. He's awesome. He's terrible. He's shitty. He's amazing. And we evaluate players this way. So when something comes up like Baker Mayfield, we all have in our head, oh, he's terrible. And so then you put him in the category of terrible, and then none of you draft him on daily fantasy sports sites, which allows people like me to actually win a lot of money because there's a bunch of morons out there drafting Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you know, over and over and over and over again. Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's, it's not easy to take Baker Mayfield in the contest, but it's not easy to win betting sports. That's my point here. Everyone in the world of sports, of, of everyone in the sports world is negative on this Baker Mayfield move to Carolina. Yet everyone in the sports world loses betting sports. So who would you rather listen to about this Baker information, whether it's good or bad? The average person on ESPN who can't win a game to save their life or a professional sports better who wins money consistently year over year doing this, projecting player talent and projecting what's going to happen and is seemingly completely non-biased to any of this bullshit. You know, and, and I don't want to call... It's not like everyone out there who's saying Baker Mayfield is bad, you know, and, and, and Sam Darnold should get to start and all that stuff. I don't think less of you as a sports fan. I think that's what most sports fans do. That There's just mistakes that the average sports fan makes. It doesn't allow you to win money betting sports. And it's things like this. You get hooked on certain narratives and it doesn't end up being good. So my point of today's story is, and by the way, I've got the numbers, Baker Mayfield night contest that I wanted him and no one else did, 3.7% ownership. And he was the number one quarterback. Why do you think he was 3.7% owned? Because everyone else filling that contest out said the same thing. Except for those 3.7% of people who knew what they were doing, 96.3% of people said, uh, Baker Mayfield pass. Why? Well, he sucks. Well, he's no good. If you get in that mindset, you're never going to win betting sports. I mean, it, it, what I found last year doing that DFS thing is the average fan doesn't know what they're... Look, it was a headache every week trying to build player lineups. It was just... It was it was the same discussion every week. Okay, let's get on. Let's see who's got the best match. Okay, I mean, honestly, all of, all of the lineups suggested by everyone else was like the, the top five quarterbacks, top five receivers, top five... You know, it was, it was pulling teeth to try and get anyone who wasn't a star on any of those teams. So, you know, me personally, I'm probably going to dive back in this year. I've got a bigger bankroll, probably going to try and check it out, you know, a little more myself because I think I can be successful doing that. But you can't be pinned down with bad information or bad partners. But uh, in general, I think that, again, fans think that the best players are way better than they are and the worst or the average players are way worse than they are. So if you have one takeaway from today's show, don't be so rigid on these players understand everything's a sliding scale okay if you have the 15th best quarterback in in the nfl you know maybe that's not a recipe to win the super bowl that year but that doesn't mean you're a bad team that doesn't mean you bet against that team every week it's all relative it's all sliding scale and there's no such thing as oh he's a great player and he's a shitty player if you're in the nfl even a player like sam darnold who i don't think is good at all okay Sam Darnold's probably probably better at his job than a lot of you are at your job. <laughs> and I'm, try, I'm not trying to be a jerk or trying to be patronizing with that. It's just the truth. If you look at all the quarterbacks in the world who could be playing in the NFL, Sam Darnold's probably still a top, what, 35, maybe 40 quarterback. Are you top 40 in the world at what you do? 
So that's my point. We all sit back. It's like, we all criticize. Oh, he sucks. He sucks. He sucks. It's like, dude, you just showed up 20 minutes late to your job at the gas station today. Stop it with that. So, all right, that does it for today's show. A little harsh, but hey, yeah, that's that's what has to happen sometimes. You got to be harshly real if you're going to win money betting sports and be honest evaluating both players and handicappers. You know, so either way, good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. Remember, if you want to bet games VIG free, check out betteredge.com. B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. VIG free betting alive and well today at Better Edge. Put in promo code SBD for a free 20 bucks at betteredge.com. All right, uh, good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. Got some MLB. Remember, tomorrow, tomorrow's Wimbledon semifinals. I'm excited for that. So, uh... Yeah, hope you guys run some games up. Get your bankroll up there, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Betting Daily. 